In preparation for today's message, we shall be reading from the book of Exodus, chapter 12, verses 29 to 51. Now it came about at midnight that the Lord struck all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat on his throne, to the firstborn of the captive who was in the dungeon, and all the firstborn of, of the cattle. Pharaoh arose in the night, and he and all his servants, and all the Egyptians, and there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was no home where there was not someone dead. Then he called for Moses and Aaron at night and said, Rise up and get out from among my people, both you and the sons of Israel, and go worship the Lord as you have said. Take both your flocks and your herds as you have said, and go and bless me also. The Egyptians urged the people to send them out of the land in haste, for they said, We will all be dead. So the people took their dough before it was leavened, with their kneading bowls bound up in the clothes of, on their shoulders. Now the sons of Israel had done according to the word of Moses, for they had requested from the Egyptians articles of silver and articles of gold and clothing. And the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, so that they let them have their request. Thus, they plundered the Egyptians. Now the sons of Israel journeyed from Ramses to Sukkoth, about 600,000 men on foot, aside from children. A mixed multitude also went up with them, along with flocks and herds, a very large number of livestock. They baked the dough which they had brought out of Egypt into cakes of unleavened bread, for it had not become leavened since they were driven out of Egypt and could not delay, nor had they prepared any provisions for themselves. Now the time that the sons of Israel lived in Egypt was 430 years, and at the end of 430 years to the very day, all the hosts of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. It is a night to be observed for the Lord for having brought them out from the land of Egypt. This night is for the Lord to be observed by all the sons of Israel throughout their generations. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, This is the ordinance of the Passover. No foreigner is to eat of it, but every man's slave purchased with money. After you have circumcised him, then he may eat of it. A sojourner or a hired servant shall not eat of it. It is to be eaten in a single house, you are not to bring forth any of the flesh outside of the house, nor are you to break any bone of it. All the congregation of Israel are to celebrate this. But if a stranger sojourns with you and celebrates the Passover to the Lord, let all his males be circumcised, and then let him come near to celebrate it, and he shall be like a native of the land but no uncircumcised person may eat of it. The same law shall apply to the native as to the stranger who sojourns among you. Then all the sons of Israel did so. They did just as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron. And on that same day, the Lord brought the sons of Israel out of the land of Egypt by their hosts. Praise God for the reading of his word. You may now all be seated. We have been on a series on the book of Exodus. We finished the book of Genesis. It took us two and a half years, 
Now we are in Exodus 12. Remember that the book of Exodus is part of, of one collection of books. Others believe it was one book, the Torah, the first five books of the Old Testament. It is important for us New Testament people to study the Old Testament so we understand the foundation of who we are. And even here in the book of Exodus, you would see shadows, glimpses, foreshadowings of Christ. Hebrews said that the old was a shadow. Of course, it means that Christ was the substance. The shadow cannot be the substance. You have a shadow, and the shadow is just a shadow. But I know you're here, even if I just see your shadow. You're about to appear because I know your shape. Then suddenly you appear. I knew it. It was you. This was a shadow. Many illustrations that should give us an understanding of the Christ we believe in in the New Testament. So going to the text that we read, the people of Israel lived in Egypt for 430 years. 430 years. I heard somebody say, it's just like the Philippines under Spain. I beg to disagree. Yes, in the number of years, close, close. But we suffered all 400 years. Well, 300 plus, almost 400. But they did not. In, remember, in the first generation, they were protected. They were well off. They experienced safety and provision in the first generation of settlers because of Joseph the prime minister of Egypt. Joseph was a Jew, a Hebrew, an Israelite, son of Jacob. But somehow God put him in the right place at the right time. Of course, God prepared him. God always prepares his people for something. However, in the last generation that we read, the last generation of those who lived in Egypt, them living as a nation, they suffered. And they suffered greatly. Why? Because there was a Pharaoh who arose who did not acknowledge God, nor does he appreciate the history about God and his people and how he, God, delivered Egypt through Joseph, one of the sons of Israel. This Pharaoh was very political. He was threatened with a growing number of Israelites, so he probably thought they might overpower me, create a rebellion. So, he subdued them into slavery. But he was not satisfied because they kept growing. Even they, when they were given hard labor, when they were given hard labor, they still grew because God was blessing them. It was God's plan to grow Israel as a nation. For once they were small, after several generations, they would be a reckon, a force to be reckoned with. Such is God's plan. You see, God is a God of plan. Can you say that with me? God is a God of plan. God has a plan for us, for me, and say to your neighbor, for you. God is a God of plan. They encountered many hardships, and I'd like to say to you, no matter what you encountered, if you believe in God, if you trust Him with your life, if you're willing to be identified with God's people, leaving the world behind and following Christ with all your heart, 
I say to you that you can trust him. That everything you go through has a purpose. And it's not just a purpose so that you will be judged. But a purpose that you may be used by God to glorify his name. To be part of God's kingdom. So please stop identifying with Egypt. Stop following the world's ways. We will study here and throughout scripture that God differentiates his people from everybody else. Just because everybody else around you is doing it, you will do it. No, my friends, we will not. We will instead follow God's word. Just because you are tempted and everybody is tempted, you will give in. No, my friends, we will not. Even if that is the culture, the norm of our society, we will not give in. We will not compromise. We will be rooted in the words of God. We will have faith. Our faith is rooted in Him. Our faith is not rooted in people. Why? Because people fail. Everybody fails. Everybody makes mistakes. If you are rooted in others, if your faith rests on others, when they fail, you fail with them. You fall with them. Your heart will break and you shall be extremely disappointed, even to a point of delusion. And you say, why is this world like this? Why am I suffering like this? I tell you, if your faith is rooted in God, no matter what, in times of blessing, in times of want, you are with God. In times of temptation and in times of security, you are still with God. It does not change. Well, Pharaoh killed babies, male babies. Because afraid that they might become soldiers one day and overpower him. In his insecurity and ego, he killed Israelite babies. He made a mistake. Because God will revisit him and his nation. Because his nation did not protest against it. If you do not protest, you allow it. You're part of it. He was part of it. The nation was part of it. Therefore, one day, God will visit all the firstborn of Egypt as judgment of what they've done. Well, God loves us, yes, through His Son. Take note. But outside His Son, there is judgment. Only judgment. Sometimes we love quoting the verses of God's mercy and grace, and that's great. But please do not leave out His judgment. The title of this sermon is God, the God of justice and mercy. God is just and he is merciful at the same time. And in this day and age, his justice and mercy is found in Christ. Why? The death of Christ. He suffered to receive the justice of God meant for us. But to all who have faith in his son, mercy and grace. Outside his son is judgment. Well, he killed the babies, but one escaped. Moses. Or they pronounce it Moshe. Moses lived. He did not just live. To make a mockery of the Egyptians, he was raised under Pharaoh's roof. 
understood the ways of Egypt, educated in their ways. In God's sense of humor, Pharaoh adopted Moses as a son, but took a nurse, Ayaya, and paid the Yaya, and the Yaya was Moses' real mother. Did you read the story? When I read that, I was just, wow. <laughs> Isn't God something, right? You see, mothers are not paid to take care of their children. This one was. Isn't that amazing? But mothers say, I wish I was paid for all the hard work I do here. <laughs> I heard that many times. <laughs> From my friends... It's true, it's hard work taking care of a baby. And some of you have newborns. We went through that. All we can do is watch you and smile because we're going to see your eye bags too often. You wake up in the middle of the night because that baby now is the boss, right? Of course, as they grow up, they learn to serve you, but now you serve that baby. So let me segue. Children, Submit to your parents, obey them. It's time for you to serve. They served you when you were babies. Every whim and cry, they tried to be there for you. Don't think it's unfair. It is fair. Because if they did not take care of you, where would you be? And I, I see this in, in the news sometimes, how horrible when mothers... Sacrifice their babies because life is too hard. No, we find a way. We always find a way. So Moses survived. But God, then God raised Moses to live under Pharaoh's daughter. Then after a while, Moses fled to the wilderness. And there he learned humility. He was nobody. So when God called him, he thought he was nobody. And it was right to think you're nobody in front of God. We're nobodies. I am so convinced of my own insignificance when it comes to God. It's all His grace. It's all His goodness. Me? I'm nobody. You're a nobody. So friends, let go of the ego. What's the ego? Me, myself, what I want, what I feel. Let it go. Before God, it's only surrender. Can you say surrender? Say it again, surrender. There comes a time you just stop fighting for what you want and you begin fighting something else, for something else. You begin living for God and fighting for His Word. Then you have changed. You have become a different warrior, not the egoistic warrior that Pharaoh was. God called him Moses, Moshe, to deliver Israel. You know, after God demonstrated His power through many plagues, there were many plagues. Many plagues. I'm not sure if God made me appreciate the plagues. No, He did not plague me. You see, sometimes when we encounter different discomforts in life, little discomforts, one after another, I just remember Egypt. How pitiful they were. A few weeks ago, as I have shared to you, uh, an insect bit me or stung me. It was deep and it was painful. Of course, we were in a men's meeting, so when it stung me, I didn't act in pain. Continue sharing, brother. <laughs> but it was really painful. I just wanted to... Uh. <laughs> of course, I can't show that there. 
course, when I got home, I told my mom, darling, something bit me, darling. I ran to my wife. Uh, but after that, a few weeks after that, I experienced rushes all over my body. And what is this? It was just so, so itchy. So itchy. And then another one, then when it was getting well, I couldn't open my left eye when I woke up. <laughs> so I went to Lazada looking for an eye patch. I said, if this doesn't get healed, I'm going to buy an eye patch for my left eye. So I wore shades in the house because everything was too bright. No, I wasn't high. I don't get high. <laughs> I wasn't drunk. I don't get drunk. But it was just so bright. I said, is there something wrong with my head? But it was gone. No, it didn't end there, but I won't tell you the rest. But then I just say, Lord, I hope you're not judging me or what, or disciplining me. But I have this little appreciation. Because when I read there, they had boils. I mean, if you have boils all over your body, you can't even lie down. You can't even sit down. And if you have boils under your feet, I don't know. It was everywhere. And their, their economic power, agriculture, the locusts ate it all. You know, everybody's going to be poor. Can you imagine that? The thought of it. We are now a poor nation. Just the thought of it. The proud, arrogant Egyptians brought low by God himself. God demonstrated his power through plagues while at the same time protecting Israel. Why was God doing that? To show them there's a difference. And at the same time, to judge the gods of Egypt and those who worship those gods. In one sermon, we mentioned those gods one by one. But that's not even enough. That's only the surface. They have many gods and even Pharaoh identified to be one of them. Elevating himself. That's why if you would read in scripture, I will visit upon them the judgment of the gods of Egypt. Well, the ones who were judged was not just the gods, but the people who worshipped them. That's why we steer clear away from idolatry. Because if you try to listen to the emotion of God about bowing down, praying or serving other than him and his son. You would feel the emotion, the strength of it against it. And some of us easily compromise it. Oh my. That's why I say, please, read your Bible. Get to know God, the God we serve. He is good. He is terrible. Severe. He is merciful and just. Ultimately caring and angry. The term is wrath of God, connected to his justice. Failure to understand that will affect the way you live your life, because you will not fear God. You will learn to be sentimental with God, just like this, most of the songs I see in YouTube. Sentimentality, but nothing about the fear of God. Not much. There is. Not much about the righteousness of God, only that Emotional lovey-dubby feeling. 
But once you understand that God is ultimately love and just at the same time, then there is respect. Oh, oh. If you try to ask God, pray, Lord, show me who you are in Scripture. He will, in His way. Just be honest with your heart, sincere in your heart, you will. And sometimes, He will make you understand the fear of God. He will make you understand. So, whatever you're doing, if you're at the border of almost compromising yourself in sin, remember the God you serve. Too much we preachers have given an imbalanced preaching of God. Because we love focusing on our topics, the love of God. That's why I like exposition that is chronological. We study New Testament books chapter by chapter, text by text throughout, and the Old Testament because we have a clearer view. Here in this story, we see the mercy of God for the Israelites and the justice of God to the Egyptians. 600,000 men would exit, not counting the children, of course, not even counting the women, not counting the male children. 600,000. Wow. 600,000 men. That's why they estimate this to be around 2 million people, if you count the women and the children. Some say maybe 3 million. If you go max, maybe 8 million but probably around 2 million. So just thinking about this, I said, oh boy, poor Moses. It's hard to lead. Some of you are even leading growth groups, small groups are even having a hard time just forming them. This is 2 million at least people going out. How do you manage that? Just think, how? And we complain, I tell you, brother, can you connect with his brother? And he's new in church. Well, let's welcome him. And you don't even do your job. Look at Moses. 600,000 men. In the New Testament, they also counted the men. Here I count the men. Because if we win the fathers, if fathers fear God, or would-be fathers fear God, and are rooted in God's word, they will be better husbands, better fathers, better citizens in our community, both in church and in this city. Fathers can do a lot of good or a lot of chaos. Fathers and would-be fathers, God is watching you. Smile. He knows your every move. So every time you hear that song, every breath you take, remember God's watching you, okay? <laughs> you have to include there every thought you think because God sees it too. But indeed... God is merciful. He is good. 
So let's go to point number one. So I hope you're not shocked. It says God killed all the firstborn of Egypt. Can you accept that? Please don't try to create a God in your mind that is not the God of the Bible. That is idolatry. Because somehow we were led to believe that Jesus is effeminate. Hello. Oh, cute babies. No, he was a carpenter. Not just a son of a carpenter. He was a carpenter. I don't see Jesus with muscles, huh? And a rough face. Hey, you. Nice baby, huh? Cute baby. Let me hold baby, huh? <laughs> I see him as strong. Ah, people don't see that. Because we are presented a Jesus and a God that is not of the scriptures. He went into the temple and saw businessmen, merchants. Without any fear of any repercussion against him, he turned the tables. What are you doing here? He got a whip. What do you think he did? Some some of these groups are painting him as a homosexual. Oh my. You don't understand, do you? Well... God killed. Can he do that? Yes, because we believe he is sovereign. He can do what he wants. Can he make you suffer? Yes. He can and he will. Oh, is that the God of love? Yes, but also a God of justice. Remember, at the same time. It's like you sometimes, right? You're a kind person. I hear this so much, you know. Some people express their, all their emotions in Facebook. There's nothing to hide anymore. You're so predictable. Some people say there, I'm a kind person, but don't you ever cross me. <laughs> so, so predictable, so emotional, so weak. Reveal your emotion, it shows weakness. Patience is strength. You offend me? Okay. God will take care of you one day. Either he will convict you or discipline you. Just don't harm my family. Because Bible encourages me to defend my family. You harm them? Okay? God killed all the firstborn of Egypt, including the cattle. Oh my, he didn't spare their livelihood. He didn't spare. Even the mother cow has grief. It was grief everywhere. Grief everywhere. The pain of losing. God broke Pharaoh. And Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron. Go, leave. Leave now. Stubborn Pharaoh was broken. I never would like to be Pharaoh. Would you like to be Pharaoh? Ever? So can you say to your neighbor, please don't be stubborn. Please don't be stubborn. 
We don't be stubborn against God. Because if not in this life, in another life, he will break you. Well, in this life, there is still time to repent of your sins and come to him and be sincere. After that comes judgment. It's too late. God killed. I hope you begin to accept this now, okay? Somebody asked me in one of these uh, seminars we had here about the study of either Ephesians or Romans. Uh, so there was a question out of place, really, but I answered it. Didn't uh, the Bible say, thou shalt not kill? I said it was a rule within their society. They're not to kill anybody, even the foreigner. The same way in our nation, you just can't kill anybody. But if we have to go to war, if somebody takes Marawi, these ISIS people take Marawi... Oh boy, our soldiers and volunteers and president will say, kill them all. Well, if you can, somebody will survive, will find information. That's usually what they do. But there are times they say, go to war, liberate. Our, our, our soldiers had to kill. At this time, God had to kill to break them, so they let them go. Number two, God made the Egyptians drive Israel out. It was God. Egyptians feared that they might all die. They said, get out of here because we might all die. The fear of death came upon them. They realized that their gods, their false gods, cannot stand against the one true God. The God of Israel. They let them go. But as they were instructed by God through Moses, they get gold, ask for gold, silver, and clothing. So my immediate thinking, oh, God wants them to be paid. They were paid of all the hard labor. Or it was like war because Moses, the writer, called it plunder. You know, you plunder the enemy after you sack their city or their soldiers. You get what they wear. That's the wealth you get in war in olden days. So they were able to get gold, silver, and this is another thing we will talk about, about wealth. Because this will be used by God. But some of them will use it for something else. Not in the purpose of God. But let me just say this. Some of us will be tested of having nothing. Some of us will be tested with poverty. And we must have faith in God no matter how poor we become. Or no matter how, if your business collapses or you lose your job, stay faithful to God. But some of us lose faith in God with bad things happening. It means you did not understand God. He doesn't, you don't understand how God prepares His people. Sometimes He allows these things to strengthen our mind and our emotion. Teach us humility so one day we may be usable for Him. Yet on the other aspect, we are also tested with wealth. And some of us fall away just because we have more. We tend to forget God because now we have this pet business. I'm so busy. I'm so busy running after my goal. 
And some of us will fail there. I encourage you today, no matter what, whether we have plenty or nothing, God first all the time. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness all the time. No, it does not change. We should not change. We continue to serve God consistently no matter what. Our faith and devotion does not change. That's trust. This happened. I trust you, Lord. Number three, God instructed Moses and Aaron to institute the commands regarding the Passover, their celebration. Because they're to celebrate this every year, to remember what God did. So that the fathers and the children, the parents and the children can tell of the story of how God delivered Egypt. And so God would remind them, I set you free. Don't forget that. I set you free. If I'm to add to it, if you read all the commandments, do not go after other gods. Not even yourself. Because God set you free. We must not forget that. Even in the same text in chapter 12 and even the previous chapter, God wanted this celebration every year to remind us. Parents telling their children. So I want to say this to my fellow parents. It's good that you bring your children here and hear God's word. That is good. But let me just say this. Do not delegate the spiritual life of your children completely to us. You have to talk about God's word at home. Read the Bible chapter by chapter together. Be encouraged together. Even be rebuked together. It creates unity. When you begin to say, oh, this is me. Forgive me, family. And they will respect you more, fathers. When once in a while you admit your sin. But then it gives him an example of what to follow. A man takes responsibility and if he's wrong, he's willing to say, forgive me. But ignore it completely. You will wonder, what happened to my baby? I see him or her always in church. What happened? It's not enough. Here it has to be within the family. Do everything you can to have some form of tradition in your family where you read God's word. Whether it's monthly or weekly, do something. Then there's one clear rule. No uncircumcised male can even can join. If a slave wants to join and eat this with a celebration, or a foreigner, first they must be circumcised. Why? Because circumcision is a covenant with Abraham as a sign. As a sign that you belong to God. Today, what does that mean to us? Paul the Apostle spoke about the circumcision of the heart. The Old Testament prophets spoke about the circumcision of the heart. What is that? We remove the sin and the filth. Then we celebrate with God. Here we celebrate the resurrection, not the Passover, because the Passover was a shadow. 
The death was the Lamb of God dying and the resurrection was the evidence of the power of God. We celebrate that every week here when we gather to hear God's word, to sing praises to Him. That is what we celebrate. Yet we always encourage you through the preaching, repent of our sins. We must repent of our sins. Remove the filth, the sin. Because the Bible did say, be ye holy for I am holy. God identifies those who are His. If we want to identify with God's people, one thing for sure, we cut the sin. We cut relationships that are not right. We cut it. Adultery must be cut. Premarital sex must stop. We cut. So Jesus said, repent. Or, whoever wants to follow me, let him deny himself. That's like a circumcision of your heart. Deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. Let's wrap it up. Application. God will judge all men in his time and in his way. Those who are stubborn, who will resist the word of God and the grace of God are judged. The ultimate judgment will happen on the last judgment. However, he may judge people on earth if he so pleases. Oh yeah, sometimes he doesn't wait for eternity. Yeah, 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 you're still going to go to the lake of fire, yes. But if you're stubbornly resisting the grace of God, here and now, he can if he wants to. Therefore, fear God. Can you say fear God? Again, fear God. Lord, teach us your fear, Lord. We know of your love, your amazing grace, but teach us of your fear. Number two, God's mercy is in Christ alone. He is the Passover lamb. He's called the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John called him that. John the Baptist. Through his blood, we were redeemed. Remember, the blood was put on the doorpost. The blood was put on the doorpost. And God came and killed. Why? To those with the blood of the Lamb, no one died there. That's why again and again, we, Jesus, you know, there's an illustration about Jesus' blood. I mean, wow, how gross. What blood? No, no, it's a symbolism. That because the Jews understand the Old Testament ways, we are to understand the Old Testament ways by studying it. But then in Christ, that blood in our hearts, the judgment of God passes over us. I don't want to be judged by God. Do you want to be judged by God? No, say that in your heart. You say no, you say no to God. No, no, we don't want your judgment, Lord. Therefore, therefore, Lord, I come to you, I repent of my sins. I make a decision. It's a decision. I make a decision to follow you. A firm decision, not tomorrow, now. Not 50-50. Not 25%. Oh Lord, I'll be good 25%. No, no. You make a decision to have faith in Him now. When I say faith in Him, entrusting your life to Him. Everything, every decision. And for me, I say that is the safest place you can ever be. We receive grace by faith. And you know what? Indeed, God will bless us in eternity, but God also blesses us here. And I do believe that. 
So I pray, Lord, bless us here. But I hope it's not the material things that we focus on. I wonder what you pray for whenever you pray. Is it just material things? Is it just selfish needs? Or as Paul said in Ephesians, I pray for you that you may have every spiritual blessing. It's for spiritual blessings. The understanding of who God is. The peace in Christ. The joy of the Lord. That intimacy with God and the fear of God. Those are spiritual blessings. Not just, Lord, I want this and I want that. Not just focusing on all our problems in life, but rather focusing on, my God, my God. I want to know you. Paul the Apostle said that. I want to know him. And he was 21 years in ministry when he said that. That I may know him. It's a lifetime of trying to discover the God we serve. And him revealing to us himself through his word. Slowly, but progressively. Number three, God desires us to celebrate His greatness and mercy. God is great and He is merciful. Today we gather every Sunday to celebrate the death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, please, not only on Easter, they call Easter. I don't call it Easter. I call it Resurrection Sunday. But you see, those dates were just placed. I don't even want to discuss the history of that because it's pagan. But I'd like to say every Sunday we celebrate the death and the resurrection of Christ every time we gather. And we do it with what? Circumcised hearts. Where we remove sin through repentance. And what, that's what the Word of God does. It encourages. The Word of God encourages us. The Word of God rebukes us. But what will be our attitude when we hear God's Word? Is it say, Lord, forgive me. Let me clean my heart. Let me confess my sins. Or is it being stubborn like Pharaoh? No! I will keep my lifestyle. I will keep my pet sins. Let you be warned to those who are stubborn what their faith is. You know, in the book of Proverbs, with the book of wisdom, Proverbs, speaks against those who are stubborn. And you know what it says there? They shall be broken. It's a promise. You stay stubborn against God, you shall. It's a promise. Wisdom somehow sees a pattern. Those who wrote the book of Proverbs saw a pattern in this world. You will break. Why wait to be broken? Why not break your heart right now and say, Lord, I need you. Lord, I want you. Lord, I surrender. Let us pray. Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy that you passed over. Passed over the Israelites where they had blood painted on their, wall, on their doorposts. And they ate the, the lamb. A symbol of you to come which already happened through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We see your mercy to Israel. Yet we see how severe you are against the Egyptians. 
Teach us to believe in your grace and mercy with all our hearts. Yet teach us to believe in your severity, in your justice with all our hearts. And we come humbly saying, we are far from perfect. Forgive us our sins. Remove the filth in our hearts. Cleanse us and purify us. Clean our minds, our hearts, and our hands. Be glorified. Let us all rise. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of His Spirit be with you. May spiritual blessings be upon you. May the revelation of God through His Word give clarity to you. May we receive mercy and abundant grace far from His judgment. May we choose God all the time, every time. God's people say, Amen. God bless you. Palakpakan natin si Lord.